when you're that person that like just lets people in and lets people have your time and has no boundaries, even when you don't have the capacity, it attracts a certain kind of person that's like what I like to call energy leeches or you might have heard of like energy vampires. And the reason why these people are perfect for each other is because they both want something from the other. What is going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Snaps and Golf Claps. Um, I want to go ahead and get the formalities out the way, as always. If you haven't yet and you're listening on or you're watching this on YouTube, do me a favor, subscribe to the channel, show some love, like the video, comment, do all that stuff. And then if you're listening on audio podcasting platforms, make sure you follow the channel, leave a rating and review, and that's going to help with the the visibility of the podcast. Ultimately, we want to make sure we can connect with as many people as possible. So I give you thanks in advance for all your help. I'm also going to do a Q&A segment at the end of this. So um, you definitely want to make sure you stick around for that. So today... I want to talk about something that I think a lot of us deal with. I know I dealt with it a lot in the past, especially before I learned how to set boundaries. And especially when I learned that my value didn't lie in how available I was. So I think a lot of us, um, you know, run into this issue, especially, you know, there's there's a lot of reasons why I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty. I don't know the details as to why a person um, becomes this this way. But I do know that a lot of us experience it because I've had this conversation with a lot of my friends. And I like I said, I used to be this person in the past. There are some people that get value or feel valued by being overly available and overly giving of their energy. Growing up, I used to think that the ability to hold space for people or bend over backwards for people, even when I didn't have the capacity to do so, meant that like that was my demonstration of quote unquote loyalty or being a good friend. And so I would do things like that. I would I would overexert myself for people because I wanted them to see that I'm a good person, that I'm a person that's available for them, that I'm a person that, you know, I wanted them to see my value as a person. And I thought that my value lied in that. I thought that's the only thing that I got value from was how available I was for other people. And I thought that doing that would make people like me more or make me more desirable person to be around. Right. So obviously you can see how that kind of ties to like self-esteem or lack thereof. Um, which it, which is something that I, I did struggle with at, when I was younger. So a lot of my value and my ability to connect with others came from how available and how willing I was to give up my time and my energy. And to my surprise, that didn't actually make people like me more. Instead, what it did is that it created almost like these cycles and people that were the opposite gravitated to people like, like me, which is what I'm going to get into. I think this is the issue or the kind of like connections that a lot of us have dealt with or deal with currently. And maybe this will kind of open up your eyes to maybe certain relationships that you have in your life. And by relationships, I do want to say, I say the word relationships, but I don't limit that to just romantic relationships. I also, that obviously engulfs, encompasses 
platonic as well as familial relationships in addition to romantic but it's not just romantic when i say relationships i want to clarify that so maybe if you haven't identified these these uh relationships in your life this might open up your your eyes and make you think about things differently when you're that person that like just lets people in and lets people have your time and has no boundaries even when you don't have the capacity it attracts a certain kind of person that's like what I like to call energy leeches, or you might have heard of like energy vampires. And the reason why these people are perfect for each other is because they both want something from the other, right? So a person like how I was wanted these people because I felt needed. I felt important. I felt like I could help them. I felt like I could save them. I felt like I could fix them. So I wanted people in their brokenness to come to me so I can help them, so I can fix them, so I can give them advice, so I can hold them. And these people will come to you because they knew that you were openly, you know, that they know that you're open. You're rated E for everyone that no matter who comes there, that you're going to be there because you get your value from helping people or from, you know, being there for them, right? So they're going to come to you whenever they're going through it to just simply trauma dump or, you know, dump their problems on your labs. And what happens with that then is that now you're in a position where you internalize all that, right? Because it's 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 a very one-sided thing usually. And you know, not, not to, not to, a lot of these people don't even realize they're like that. Like, again, just how you, just how you're the type of person that allows people to do this. They're the type of person, you know, for, for whatever reasons or for maybe things that happened in your childhood or your upbringing or the environment that you grew up in, whatever, they also are this way because of their upbringing, their environment. So a lot of times you guys aren't even aware that you're these people at that deep of a level. So there's a little bit of like self-awareness missing, right? So I don't want to make it seem like these people are bad people. Sometimes they don't even know they're these kind of people. They just gravitate towards people that allow them to do this. And so like I was saying, these two people do end up feeding off of each other, but one of them benefits a little bit more than the other, right? So the person that's doing the dumping is going to benefit from the from the connection a bit more because on one side, you're getting a bunch of value from from saving this person. And then the other side, you know, they're coming to you because they know you always have open arms and, you, and they can dump all your all their issues on you. I want to make it very clear. Like I said, this this person is usually this this relationship is usually very one sided. Like they dump their issues on you and then it's kind of like, all right, cool. So what are we going to go eat? Like there's no like, so how are you doing? So how was your day? So I don't want to make it seem like when your friends come to you and they vent, that's not always the case, right? Like, I think it's good for for friends to have that healthy communication. I'm more so talking about a person that is maybe considered a friend or is a friend, right? It doesn't necessarily mean that, again, they could just not be aware that they're this person, but this is a person that usually is just like, ugh, this happened and I'm going through this and I'm going through this and everything sucks, Anyways, what like, you know, let's let's go get some food now. And, you know, there's no ask about how you're doing, how you're feeling. And even if there is, it somehow ends up back on them. 
That's the kind of person I'm talking about. They come to you for the same kind of validation that you're looking for in them dumping all that stuff on you. They also come to you for validation. Instead of this being like a mutually symbiotic relationship, <laughs> throwback to bio one, but <laughs> instead of this being like a mutually symbiotic relationship with you guys both add to this, right? It's mutually beneficial. It's more of a parasitic relationship. Like it, there's only really one party benefiting because the receiving party or the party that used to be me ends up just sitting in that. And then, and then you're like, well, you know, now, now you're emotionally depleted. Now you are internalizing all that stuff. And now your cup is beyond empty and you don't know how to refill it because again, your validation comes from being this person, but what you haven't connected yet is that being this person leaves you feeling empty and alone and like you don't have anyone, especially if this is like your close friend or close friends. So if you recognize you have people like this in your life, what do you do? Understand that being emotionally over, over emotionally available doesn't make you a better friend or a better person. Recognize that you guys are both trying to fill a void and in reality what you're doing is opening the door to things like codependency or even like other things that I don't even know the names of, but but it's not it's not good stuff that's coming out of it, right? Like you start this just this just energetic cycle of like not good stuff and it does lead to codependency, I think, because you guys both need each other because you're both filling a void for each other of some sort. So when you do identify these people, practice setting boundaries or maybe just bringing it up to their attention. Like, hey, do you do you notice you do this? Or, hey, can I talk to you about this? Um, or like I said, practice setting your own boundaries. Now, if that person is a friend, they'll be more than understanding and they'll give you the space that you need to process and to to fill up your, your energetic cup. They'll respect that. But if that person has an issue with you setting boundaries and protecting your peace and protecting your energy, then it's, I think, important to question if their intention is to be a friend or if they're just coming to you just to use you for that. Also, something that helped me a lot was learning how to, like, I look at energy as currency, right? So I look at everything energetically as debits, which are like additions, things that fill up my cup, things that make me feel full, things that make me feel happy, things that boost my energy or credits things that maybe take away from that so if you look at like your life as an energetic bank account think about it like that right like have i done enough activities maybe like self-care or around certain people or like being out in nature or whatever to to add to my account where i can afford to have a withdrawal so like a a credit um, and maybe a one-sided interaction that's going to leave me depleted. Can I afford that, right? Like energetically, can I afford a one-sided, almost like energy sucking interaction for the sake of being there for this person or whatever, or helping them with this, whatever the case may be, right? And for me, looking at it like that has helped me out a lot because then I can see like, okay, cool. I can I can opt to be like, man, my, my cup is pretty empty, but this person really needs help. But if I choose to put my energetic account into overdraft, do I have the tools and the capacity to fill my cup right back up? Because it's important to ask that because this is nobody's job to protect your peace or your energy, but you. So like, you know, I, I, there are times where like in the past where I've, 
you know, had my, my energy drained by all of these people that I consider friends. And then I'm sitting there like, dang, I, I could really use a friend right now, you know, to fill up my, so I was going to do the same thing in reverse, really, you know what I mean? But then I had to learn like, oh, it's not their job. It's my job to do this. So I have to figure out how how and what I can do to fill up my energy. And sometimes that means, you know, being being by myself and just vibing with myself and reconnecting with myself and getting to know myself again. Right. So, like, I think as long as you're like, okay, yeah, like as long as you're self-aware, I think that's the biggest thing is self-awareness. If you're self-aware, if you're aware that what you're what you're doing and, and the effects of it. And you choose to continue doing it, go for it. I, I, who am I to judge, right? I get it. I do it sometimes too, still to this day, because there's people that I know and love. But I also know, like, okay, I'm gonna do this, but I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm putting myself first. Like, even in this situation, I'm, I'm, I come first. So I'll help you, but understand that I may have, I may not fully have the capacity to help you right now, but I'll help you. Just give me, give me some time. Let me process. But sometimes they just need to talk it out, right? Like, this is what I mean. Not everybody has the intention of being this intentionally. Sometimes they just, they got to work through some stuff. And just talking about it helps work through it, right? So I think um, I want to make it very clear that I'm not talking about, like, friendships. Sometimes friends are going through stuff and we are if that's the kind of friendship you have, like you should be there for them and you should help them. I'm talking more so about people that don't, that do this, maybe aren't aware, but also don't respect your boundaries. That's what I'm talking about is people that choose to ignore your boundaries when you set them. A friend won't do that. I don't know what the people that do do that are, but a friend won't do that. So if you have people that you consider friends that don't respect your boundaries, that's not a friendship that needs to be reevaluated and reassessed. And also like the last thing that I do is like, take the time to process after you have interactions and after you're in certain places, how does that make you feel? Like, how did that interaction make you feel? How did that place make you feel afterwards? Right? Like take mental, do a mental checklist. Did you feel like invigorated and motivated afterwards? Do you feel like you want to go conquer the world? Like, do you feel light and bright or do you feel like, dang, I'm so glad that was over. I'm so glad to be in my own space. Goodness gracious, that was exhausting. If you feel like that, the second part, then maybe that's not a place you should spend too much time in. Especially if, again, going back to the bank account reference, if you don't have enough deposits, like positive deposits into your bank account. Maybe you want to protect yourself from those spaces right? Like protect your energy. Again, it's only your, it's your job. There's no one else's job to protect your energy. You know, at the end of the day, it's your job to, to be introspective and identify these people and these things in your life and address them accordingly, or decide to just like, Hey, look, I still have love for you. I care for you, but from a distance and that's okay too. That's part of protecting your peace is under is part of the journey of protecting your peace is understanding you're not going to be 100%, you know, sometimes you got to take a step back from certain people and it doesn't mean you don't like them or you don't love them. You don't care for them. It just means that in order to protect your peace, 
you have to have some type of distance from them for for a bit or indefinitely, whatever it is. But that's okay. Doesn't make you a bad person. Doesn't make them a, de- a bad person. It just means you putting you first, and that's that. Guys, it's time for the first ever Q and A. Um, first ever snaps and golf claps question and answer segment. It the name doesn't really roll off the tongue. So um, if if y'all have any ideas of what I should call this segment, drop them somewhere drop them in my dms uh drop them in the comments do something help me please because as of right now it's just q a and maybe it'll just stay q a maybe it doesn't have to have a crazy name um so if you guys don't know i have a google form um in the links in my in my instagram bio so you can drop in any questions comments suggestions whatever it is that you'd like in that and i will um pick a few and as long as they're rooted in love and respect, they'll get the time of day from me. So that's what we're going to do. This is going to be the first one. Um, I'm going to try to keep them short, but if I go on a tangent, forgive me. Some of these, I'm not going to lie, are really, really good, like to the point where they should be their own episode. So I might touch on them, but I might even make longer uh, episodes on some of these. The first one I want to answer is the difference between being grateful versus knowing you deserve more and success, guilt, and mental limits, etc. Ooh. That. <laughs> this is my first time. I want to say this is my first time like sitting through and actually reading these questions. So that one. Uh, definitely just hit me on the chin. That one's tough because that's something that I currently feel like I battle with a lot. And and I have my whole life. Um, it's gotten better, but it, I definitely do battle with that because there are situations where it's like, you know, I, I want the best for myself and for my life. And, um, and sometimes I get caught in this loop, like, ugh, why, like, why am I not there yet? What am I doing wrong? What is this? What is that? But I have to take a moment and be like, you know, two can be true, right? So instead of like this question being a versus thing, I think it could be like, this is, they're both can be happening at the same time. Like you can be in a situation in a space where you're like, you know, I look around and I'm like, dang, I'm exactly where I wanted to be three years ago, you know? But you can still set your your sight forward to whatever you want to continue to do. But the way to do that, I think, is to focus on your self-improvement daily, right? Being grateful doesn't mean you are um, content. Like, it doesn't mean that you're just like, okay, I'm grateful. I'm good here. Like, I'm okay with not moving forward. That's not what that means. That means I'm so grateful for what I have at this moment, for what I've accomplished you know, for the for the people that I have, the environment that I've created, whatever, insert your thing here. But you can also be like, you know what? Like, yes, I'm grateful for where I'm at, but I do still want to continue to improve my life, you know, and, and I do still want to continue to work on myself. And I do want to, whatever your thing is, if you want to finish school, I, I do still want to finish school. I do still want to become an XYZ. I do still want to open up a business. I do want whatever. You can still do, you can have both of those things that can be going on at the same time in your head and there's nothing wrong with that wanting more for your life doesn't make you any less grateful for the moment that you have right now so you have to you have to understand that like you can you can be grateful and still want more for yourself you know um 
but I think it's the the energy you put behind it, right? So you can't kind of be like, ugh, I really hate the situation I'm in. Like I want more, I need more, and it's like that's not gonna that's not gonna that's gonna keep you that's gonna put you in one of those vicious cycles where even once you've achieved everything that you've you've set out to achieve every goal that you set out to achieve you're still gonna want more what gratitude does it helps you stay present every time you achieve something and it helps you be like dang i made it i'm 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 happy with this i really achieved this but it doesn't mean you can't want more you can't want better for your life it just means like wow, I'm here, I did this, I did this, I deserve this, but I also deserve better, you know, so, yeah, two can be true, and that's okay, like, it's just, there's, again, like I've said before, there's a duality in everything, right, so, you can want more and be grateful at the same time. Next question, I'm just gonna do enough to keep this at 10 minutes or less, so, (laughs) it might go a little bit over, but, Um, but like I said, I have a lot of questions here. So best forms of self-love slash how to build self-confidence. I love that one. Um, I love this question or, so thank you to whoever asked it. Um, I think it's going to be different per person, right? But I guess I can tell you what I've learned to do because this has been a work in progress. This is a work in progress for me. I think I've gotten a lot better than I was a few years ago, but it's still something I actively work on. Um, daily, right? And I think they go hand in hand as well. So like, it's almost like you can't have one without the other, right? You have, you're confident because you, you have love for yourself. For me, like it's been, it's been a lot of taking a lot of time to reconnect with myself in every aspect, right? So like, who am I? What do I like? I think uh, a lot of times we're, we're all trying to figure out this adult thing at the same time right? Like no one gave us the blueprint to be an adult. We got the blueprint to be a kid because we were in school and we did what we what we were told to do. Um, and whatever, like in, in certain parameters, but like as an adult, you just get thrown into the world and you're just like told to figure it out. And, uh, so there's no real blueprint on how to, how to adult. And I think because of that, we end up almost like doing a lot of the stuff that we were used to doing as kids um, that may not align with who we are anymore. So it, that almost like, you know, think about it. Like I, I know for me, like I was doing a lot of the stuff that I did growing up just because that's what I knew, you know, I was comfortable with that. But as I started getting older, especially as I started kind of to like do work on myself and learn more about myself, I was like, I don't like doing this stuff, you know? So, so then what, what, you know, once I realized that, I was like, dang, I really don't like doing this stuff. I realized that that was the root for, of a lot of my lack of confidence or, or low self-esteem because I was doing stuff that I just didn't feel like doing. So I couldn't be myself. I wasn't comfortable. And so I, that made me take a step back and sit down with myself and identify like, dang, what do you like? You know, what do you like to do? And I couldn't tell you, honestly, like four or five years ago, I couldn't tell you what I liked. I just did. I just did stuff. I did whatever my friends were doing. And so when I sat down and like identified that, I was like, dang, I actually really do enjoy being outside. I enjoy being in nature. I enjoy flowers. So I would go to the, like, I would remember I would ride my bike to the botanical garden. I'd go stop at random coffee shops. Um, That's when I really discovered, like, I like food. 
different foods, right? Like I've always been a, a, a big food person since I was a kid, but like, but I would just go exploring. Like I remember I would go in college, I would go on Saturdays, I would ride my bike into the next town and just, just have a field day by myself. Like just go to the first coffee shop, go to the first place that like caught my nose and like be like, hey, that smells good. Walk in there, have a meal, walk around, go to the botanical garden, walk around there. And I would just have the best time. And that was a form of self-love for me, right? Which eventually being able to do that, being able to break out of the comfort of what I thought I knew helped also build my self-confidence, you know? So that's why I say they're hand in hand because I was like, dang, like, this is a new world. I can do anything. I can try anything. The world is my oyster or whatever they say, right? So like that built my self-confidence because then I saw a brand new world that I discovered, that I let myself discover. So like I think in the quest of, as an adult, in the quest of like searching, you know, searching for new things and, and letting yourself connect with new things and try new things and, and you know, spend time with yourself and, and you know, give yourself the love and appreciation that you deserve, right? Like learn who you are as a person. What makes you tick? What makes you happy? What makes you sad? Like journaling helped me a lot. Journaling helped me a lot with self-love and self-confidence because I got to see who I was on paper. When I journal, I don't have any blockages, any limitations. I just word vomit. And then I might go back and read it, you know, a few weeks, months, years later even. And then I'm like, dang, like that helps me connect with myself at a deeper level as well. I think self-loving and self-confidence ultimately for me all comes from the level of connection you allow yourself to have with yourself. So, you know, spending time with yourself and getting to know yourself as you are, like think about it, you know, like when we meet people, the more we get to know them, we are, we, we end up liking them more, right? Like we're like, dang, you're actually a really cool person, but it's because we took the time to have these conversations, to go to new places with them, to spend time with them. So you're the same way, right? Like get comfortable with your own company, fall in love with your own company. And I think that will then bleed into self-love and self-confidence. Guys, thank you so much. I promise not to to make this super long. It's also getting really dark and I don't have additional lighting. So um, if you like this episode format, let me know. You guys just let me know what you like, what you what, what works for you guys, and I will continue to do that. We're just trying things out. I'm only on episode seven, so I'm learning as I go. And all feedback is not only welcome, but appreciated and encouraged. Guys, if you like this episode and you got something from it, make sure you share it with someone that would benefit from it. (laughs) That was a very hard sentence for me to say. I'm going to stop talking. Have a blessed night or day um, or evening. Wherever you are, have a blessed one of it.